Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Specifically, this is episode 101, the first episode of what I'm considering our second season. I I don't know if, if shows should have 100 episodes per season, but why not? So I am excited to have with me today Jose Luis Diaz. Jose, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Congrats on the 100th episode, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm excited that we're getting to talk. Uh, you reached out to me and said that you wanted to share your journey and, and what you're doing. So I'm just excited to dive into it, man. So let's get to that first question, which, as always, hasn't changed. Tell us, Jose, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Um, Jeez, what qualifies me to be on the Fat Guy Forum? I mean, I've been overweight literally my entire life. I think there was a brief period of time where my weight was actually in my favor when I played high school football. But, um, I mean, growing up, I was always the tallest and the, the biggest kid in the class both ways, either lengthwise or widthwise. Um, so I was think I was like in fifth grade and I was pushing 170 or something like that, almost 200 pounds. But um, it's been a struggle my whole life. I've done diets galore i've done the herbal life i've done the replacement shakes i've done the atkins i think at one point i did the um i think it was the richard simmons diet where the, the guy used to dance and do those funny videos my mom used, was a my mom was a gigantic fan of his so when he came out with his little diet program she bought that for me and i was on that for a good minute um and yeah i mean it's something that's continuously been an issue in my life at one point it kind of just took over my life and i stopped um trying to fight back i just kind of accepted like hey i'm meant to be big and that's just who i am and that's how i'm gonna die but um i mean within these last like two years i've kind of had a new i guess a new air of like wanting to get better wanting to lose weight wanting to be healthy and I think a lot of that is just the fact that I got with my, at the time she was my girlfriend, now she's my fiance. Um, she started doing her weight loss journey as well. And then um, she has a son. I call him my stepson. And he, I mean, the little boy follows me all over the place and I want to be a good example for him. So that kind of has been pushing me to get back on my, uh, get back on my horse and keep charging forward. For sure, man. And, and so let's, let's dive back into your past a little bit to, to give people, you know, a, a, a bigger picture for you. Like, when do you when did you first become aware that your weight was something that was was affecting you like that either made you different or made you stand out? Like, how, how did that you know, what was that realization like for you? Um, I mean, I was always aware of it. 
Um, I mean, I'm Mexican. Mexican parents are ruthless when it comes down to that. They'll be eight years old and your nickname is Gordo. They just start calling you fat. Like everybody calls you fat. So it's um, something that I was made aware of very early in my life. And I just kind of know that's how Mexican families are. And that's everybody else in my family was big. Except for a couple cousins here and there. But um, I was always a big issue but I've always been pretty athletic so I never really let it it never really hindered me from anything like I played sports growing up I was I never, never really on a team but it was always like soccer and it was always uh football and basketball and I was always pretty athletic that way but I there's been times where I think about it and I'm like damn if I was actually in shape I probably could have actually done something in these sports mm-hmm. but yeah and so, because one of the things, just to let people know, you you know, your heaviest weight ever was was up in the five forties, which which I can relate to very well. Uh, what do you think drove your weight gain? Was it, in terms of your relationship with food, Jose? Was it just the food was around and it was habits or, or poor choices, or do you feel like you you had kind of a a deeper challenge when it when it came to you and food? Um. As far as food goes, man, um, you know, Mexican families, they always make these gigantic meals and your portions are like two, three times what they should be. So I grew up that way. And then, like I said before, I played sports in school, but I was never really active outside of school. So when those summers came or those long breaks came, it was literally just eating. It'd be the pozole, the tamales, the tacos, everything. And, you know, all that stuff is basically layered in fat. And if you're not doing anything outside of just sitting on the TV, you're going to gain the weight. So it was a lot of it was just the fa- the way my family ate. And a lot of it is just um, when my family did start trying to regulate my food. At that point, I had gotten so accustomed to this is why I eat. This is how I eat. Why are you guys trying to take it from me? I started like closet eating and sneaking cookies. And I mean, my room was right by the kitchen and everybody else was over by the front. So I would like sneak into the kitchen take some stuff go into my room real quick and eat it so it was stuff like that and now that i look back on it i'm like damn like i was really not doing myself any favors there but that's kind of where it all started and then um yeah it's just been a battle for me ever since trying to get my food under control now as an adult i'll go like a month of good clean eating and then it'll be a week of just like effort and i'm eating everything in sight so that's constantly been the struggle for me. And and I think that's a, a pattern that, you know, a lot of people see in their lives and see themselves get, you know, to 300, 350 pounds in that range. And then your, your weight kept going. Like, Wendy, Wendy, what do you, I apologize. My words apparently are leaving me today. <laughs> when do you, when did it first start to become something where you were like, Okay, you know, I'm not just the big guy. I there's something really going on here that I I need to work on or get under control. Um I think I guess I want to I don't want to I don't know if I want to call this the lowest point, but a couple years ago, I think I want to say about 7 years ago. Um like I said I've, I was always the athletic guy, so I was still 400 pounds playing soccer as an adult and like playing football. And it was during just one of those little turkey bowl football games where I was just playing and I got hit from behind and I blew out my knee. So at that point, I was like 470. Like I was able to, I was still big, but I was able to move. 
And then in that point, I blew out my knee. So I was sidelined for a while. And then as soon as my knee starts getting uh, better and I'm able to start walking and moving, I went out with some friends to a club. I slipped on some ice and I tore up my ankle. So it was literally a span of like almost a year and a half where I was on bed rest. And it was literally just me leaving my house to go to work. And then I would eat and then I would go to bed. And at that point, um, I never, my highest recorded weight is five, like in the 540s. But I am 100% sure at that point I was pushing 600, if not at 600. And it was hard for me because, I mean, I'm a soccer coach. I'm licensed through FIFA and I do all of that. So I'm in here with a, I had a little scooter because that's when my leg was on a cast. And I'm trying to roll up and down the soccer sidelines and I'm like dying as I'm trying to yell at my kids to run harder. And I'm like thinking like, dude, we're like, this is, this is kind of embarrassing. But, um, yeah, that's literally where most of my weight gain came. And then as soon as the cast came off and I started getting into my rehab and all that um the weight started coming off a bit but i haven't been able to get back down under 500 in a long time and you you brought up you know having been a coach you know doing that like what what is that experience like you know when you are much larger yourself you know i've actually had a couple guys on before that have done coaching themselves and you know they go into that experience of you know you're working with you know youth and trying to get them you know, to, to kind of be in this peak physical condition when you can look at yourself and, and it's more of a do what I'm saying, not what I'm doing to them. Like, how does, how does that feel for you when, when you're doing that? Yeah, it was, it was kind of hard. Um, I think what helps me as far as just soccer coaching is the fact that I have like a pretty solid knowledge of the game. So when people see me, they're going to think, they look at me and think, what does this guy know about soccer? Look at him. But as soon as I start talking and telling them the move, like what to do and how to move, they're like, okay, let me listen to this guy because he knows what he's talking about. But when it comes to the conditioning and aspect and everything, I mean, like I said before, when I played football in high school, that was my like peak physical ability. So sometimes I'll bring a picture and I'll show them like, hey, this was me. Like I wasn't always big. Like I was big, but with muscle. And like, I know what it takes to get to, a level of high competitive to where y'all want to get you guys want to go to college you guys want to go pro i can help get you there because i know how to get there i'm just not there anymore so it's like that and then um like even yesterday like right now in the times of covid my soccer club is shut down but i'm still doing private coaching here and there so some families reached out to me and asked me to book a session so i was like all right for sure um but they thought I was a different Jose Diaz that was within our club because there's two of us. Um, and then when I got there, all these parents were looking at me like, "Why? What? What? What do you know about soccer?" And then start telling like, "Hey, I've been coaching for about ten years. I've coached the higher teams and like what you, you you're the age of your kids, so I'm pretty sure I can handle this." And even then, they were still very apprehensive and they were like, "Oh, well, we'll just see how you guys do today, and then we'll decide if we want to book more sessions." So now they booked me through the end of the month, but like it was very, they were very apprehensive at seeing me like, Hey, you're not, you don't fit the bill of a soccer coach. Well, understood. And one of the things, yeah, I'm sorry to be jumping around topic wise a little bit for you, but you said, you've said some things that I'm really interested in. Cause one of the things I relate to in what you were talking about when you were, you were saying, you know, how your life became 
was that you had accepted that you were the big guy and were just living that life, like had just decided that that was going to be your life. Whatever happened, that was going to be where you were at. Like, what do you think took you from realize, you know, kind of being in that place to realizing that you needed to make some change? Was it really having your, your fiance and her son come into your life? Was it a combination of things? Cause I think that's a place that a lot of us get to like, we almost take our weight for granted, even though it is having a significant impact on us. Um, a uh, lot of that after my injury, um, I was able to kind of get it back under control and then I just kind of ballooned back up. But yeah, I think right now the biggest, what drove me was meeting my fiance and she likes doing the hiking and like, she's uh been on the heavier side as well, but she likes going hiking. She likes going for jogs and she's pretty um, athletic herself. So it's like, I'm like almost 200 pounds bigger than her. And if I'm wanting to stay with her, I need to be able to do what she wants to do. So I kind of been trying to push myself to get to um, like get healthy. And that's kind of what has been motivating me. And then I see a lot of myself in her son in the way that he um, he can be pretty athletic, but he also is starting to develop some of these eating habits that are not pretty good. So I'm trying to lead by example and where we have vegetables every day and we're trying to stay away from McDonald's. I don't think he's had McDonald's at least on through us in a good six months. And yeah, so... We've been trying to cut back on the fast food. We've been trying to um, we give we get treats here and now and then because I mean he is a kid, so we can't like expect him to be a robot and just eat nothing but broccoli and chicken for the rest of his life. Mm. But and yeah, and so you kind of come to this place like realizing you need to make some change with some really great motivation. And I know one of the things that you shared with me was that this this past year, you know, 2020 has been a mess for most of us uh, in a lot of ways, you know, the COVID quarantine time. And I know you specifically, you know, you know, shouted out that that knowing that you need to make these changes and get your weight moving and, and get into that place has been a struggle uh, during COVID. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we were just getting in a role where we got a gym, we were going to a uh, city sport at the time. And then right as we were getting our, like, momentum going, everything gets shut down. So there was, like, a good two months where we couldn't do anything. And then we found a Beachbody coach who sold us on their um, online package. So we started doing the online workouts for a while. But then that got kind of old. So then we fell off. And then our food was just never really dialed in. And then um, we had to move twice in the pandemic. So it was a lot of stuff that kind of, like, came and we were, I was just going up and down in weight. I think I've been losing and gaining the same 20 pounds all year. So it's been kind of fresh. It has been really frustrating actually. Um, I think my highest weight so far again this year, I was pushing 540. I think it was at like 542. And then I weighed myself this morning again and I'm at 525, which for me is a great thing. Like I just found that uh, we finally settled in a home. We have our year lease. I just found a new gym. Um, I'm going to, I'm doing kickboxing now. So that's been uh, real fun. And like, I'm hella competitive. So anything that has me like punching and kicking and running and doing stuff like that, that's going to be something for me. So I'm glad I found the kickboxing gym. I'm a lot more active now. And I mean, I've just, I'm getting a lot more people reaching out to me for soccer training. So that's just giving me a 
incentive to go and start moving and do stuff with uh, kids. I think that's great to hear, man. Like some of those pieces are coming, you know, coming, falling into place for you. Like take us onto the other side, you know, to food. Like what, what do you think is what works for you when it comes to approaching working on that relationship with food that you have? Um, I mean, it's kind of, I kind of go back and forth on it because when I do my meal prep, that's literally all I can see myself eating. And I will eat the same thing, like I said, for like a month. It'll be chicken, broccoli for lunch and dinner. It'll be overnight oats in the morning. And I'll have like some vegetable sticks as a snack every now and then. Um, But I think... I mean, in the long term, it's not very a uh, uh, very healthy thing, and it's uh, has got a lot to do with mentality. Because if you're not able to control yourself around food, like whether you have it in your house or whether you see it somewhere else, you're gonna lose control and just gra- eat it wherever you see it. So you need to be able to work on your like mental state to be able to control. Like, hey, this probably isn't the healthiest thing for me. Let me, I can enjoy every now and then, but let me not let it take over my life. Which I I think is the right perspective. Like how, and I'm not trying to hammer you on it, but I I think it's something really interesting. Like I I love talking to guys that are at kind of all different stages of their journeys and knowing that it's something that you're really just kind of getting yourself fully back into, I I think is a great opportunity for people to hear, you know, the the mindset work that you need to do to, to get that going for yourself. Like, how are you approaching, you know, food from that perspective of, you know, there's things that you can't control and, you know, there's there's foods that are the challenges for you? Um, I mean, what's been working for me is just kind of trying to stay away from it for now. Um, like, I, I'm, I love arnitas, the pork. I love that. I There's a very famous, I live in Pittsburgh, California. There's a famous restaurant out here in Pittsburgh, like less than a mile away from my house. I don't even go down that street. I go around the long way if I need to go somewhere through there because I know if I drive by it, I'm probably going to get it. So I think right now avoidance is kind of not necessarily avoidance, but just kind of not giving myself that temptation. Like, what am I going to drive through there if I know that I'm probably not going to be able to get strong enough until I'm able to get myself mentally ready to like see that restaurant and be like, okay, you know what? I don't, I don't care. Like right now I'm in a stage where I kind of want to say like, almost like when the addict is detoxing and like, you just want your fix on anything, whether it be uh, some KFC or a taco. So I'm just kind of trying to let myself get through that stage to where like, all right, I don't need it anymore. I'm alive. I'm not dying. I'm not going through withdrawals. Then I'll be able to get back into it and just, like not necessarily be phased by driving by or seeing anything like that. No, I I think that's a strong perspective to take. Like I I think often like you'll see people, especially in the the social media space, saying, you know, doing that kind of avoidance. You know, you're never going to be able to avoid that street for the rest of your life. And yeah, that it's not what you're saying. It's I I think it's powerful for us to say, I know right now that I'm not strong enough to go down that street. So I need to do what I need to do to protect myself because really, you know, with being over 500 pounds, you know, taking care of your health is, is a life-saving measure and, you know, wanting to be there for your family is, is so important and being strong enough to say, I know there are things that I shouldn't have in the house or I shouldn't be around right now 
is completely fine. I think that's that's a big thing. A lot of people are probably struggling with right now because we're heading into as you know as altered as it is in in the COVID times. We're heading into the holiday season, and I, you know I talk to people all the time who are like, you know, am I never going to be able to sit down and enjoy just a regular a quote unquote regular Thanksgiving dinner again? Am I never going to be able to have a Christmas tree? Like, and my perspective is always. You, you you partake in those things when you're able to, you know, and we have to start becoming smart about knowing there may be times where we're not able to do that. Like I knew for me, you know, my first Thanksgiving, it, I needed to bring with me things that I, I knew I could eat because if I didn't, I would not end up controlling myself, you know, around that the, that traditional meal because that's one of my favorite meals of the year. And it's not about depriving myself or punishing myself. It's about being realistic about how I handle food, you know, and for those of us that have challenges like that, it it's it, it's not a clean metaphor to, to kind of bring alcohol into the mix. But when someone has has an issue with control on alcohol, saying to them, well, you know, why don't you go hang out, you know, go hang out in a bar. Don't deprive yourself of that that environment is is obviously someone would say, well, that sounds crazy. And in a lot of ways, I think that happens, too, for those of us that that struggle with food and, and are dealing with obesity to such an extent that we need to be able to have times where we say it's safer for me to not be around that right now and will there be a day where I can you know that's the goal you know is to work on that but it's okay to say it's okay for us to acknowledge where we're at today in this moment what we need right now and I think that that's a powerful choice to make yeah I mean absolutely like I'm not trying to like minimize any other addiction by comparing it to it but i feel like it's very like similar to it in a way that like this is an addiction to food is much like it consumes your life like you can't drive down the street without wanting to stop at that mcdonald's or without going to that kfc or without stopping for those tacos and that's kind of where i was trying to go with it um but yeah it's it's been a struggle um and I think like when I first when I was very into my weight loss uh, post injuries, uh, I think it's when I first started following you on Instagram and I was putting out feelers like trying to see if I can get my YouTube channel started. And that's what you were like the first one that said I would watch it. And I think that's what I needed to help get me started. And I think having that motivation externally, which I, which is what I think is great from social media going i'm going off on a tangent now that you meet all these people you make all these connections like we've never met in real life but there's people motivating you to lose that weight and i think that's honestly something that's been helping me again just seeing people like you like ethan suplee like obese to beast and they've lost a ton of weight and that's something that um that motivates me to help get it together and yeah that's kind of where I wanted to go with that. I just wanted to shout you out as you're one of the people that kind of first gave me the push to get started when I first uh, got, because when I first started following you, it was right after my injury. So that's when I was getting back on, uh, back on track. And then yeah, I've just seen you lose a ton of weight. And I think what you're doing is amazing, bro. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I think you're right. I think that's one of the powers. Like we, I think we spend a lot of time now talking about the negatives of social media and, you know, it can be all consuming and there, there's ways to use anything in our lives, you know, to our benefit or to our detriment. And I think when we use it to our benefit, there can be a lot of power there and seeing other people. And, you know, all of our lives are not exactly the same. You know, we all have the same backgrounds and grow up with the same types of families and all of that. 
But there's a commonality to the struggle and there's a commonality then as well to seeing the success and realizing, okay, you know, here's someone else who was in similar, you know, similar shape and they were able to do it. And, you know, I might not do it the same way they did, but they, I, I at least now see that there's some possibility there and I, you can pull some hope from those stories. You know, I look at all of the people that I follow as, as inspiring me, you know, to keep doing what I'm doing. And it, I think it's great, you know, that you can see that in, in other people because then you can also become that for someone else. Like, I, I think that's another powerful part of it, you know, like starting a YouTube channel, starting an Instagram account, you know, getting talking about things on your Facebook page. Like, it's this idea that you give someone that experience of realizing that they're not alone in what they're struggling with is, is almost like one of the greatest gifts that can come out of all of our struggles. So, Jose, what, what do you think is going to be the, the difference for you going into your journey this time? Like, what are, the, what are the changes you need to make in your head to help you see this success as not only possible, but as something that you can sustain for the rest of your life? Um, I just got to think about it really long term. Like I said before, back then it was just me. So I never really like thought about my future. It was just like, oh, it was more like I'm here for a good time, not a long time mentality. Now that I'm with my fiance and her son and then me and her are talking about possibly having kids. So now I'm like, huh, if I want to be around for my future kids and my stepkids lives, I should probably try to lose weight so I can make sure that that happens. Because at the rate I'm going at now, bro, I don't honestly see myself living past 40, and I'm already 31. So it's kind of a I'm, – I'm almost, I almost feel like I'm racing against the clock to try to lose some weight to try to be around for a long time. And it's having to shift that mentality to where, like I said before, like my – when it was me by myself, my normal taco truck order was a super burrito and four tacos. Now I'm like I don't even go to the taco trucks like that anymore. So it's trying to shift that mentality to where, yes, this is good right now, but think about it the long run. You're not going to be around to see your kids grow up. You're not going to be around to give out that knowledge and just see all of what your future holds for you. I, I think that that's a powerful why to have in place, man. And it's going to be the thing that does carry you when you have those rough, you know, the really rough patches. I think we all go through kind of the adrenaline at the beginning of, of our journeys where, you know, that can be a force that carries us for months or even through the first year. And then you reach that point, especially when our lives start to change You know, the weight starts to come off dramatically. Like I know for me, you know, after I lost the first hundred pounds, it's almost like you, you realize how different your life is. And it's like, well, I can move so much better now and I'm going to the gym and this is great. You know, maybe I don't need to worry so much about what I'm eating. Maybe I don't need to do that. Like it's like those mind games we start to play with ourselves. So being able to sit back and say, no, you know, I know I'm doing this for, for a reason that's that's powerful and important to me, I, I think is really the key to long-term sustained weight loss, sustained health. It's those people that don't lose sight of that no matter how rough the waters get. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of just, like I said, what's been pushing me. Um, right now, my stepson's been writing me about bringing back my YouTube because he's, he's nine years old, so he's right in that mind space where he thinks anybody that's on youtube is a celebrity so as soon as he found out that i had a youtube channel he he lost his mind oh can i be in a video come on record let's do this let's do that so it's kind of just um he's pushing me to get my youtube channel back so i'm probably going to start uh recording another video of uh soon um 
But, I mean, he's definitely been a driving force to trying to get me healthy. Like, even when I go to the kickboxing classes, he can't participate. But um, he, I bring him with me. He watches. He kind of, like, there's a lobby area. So he stays in the lobby area, and he's copying all the combos and the moves. He tries to keep up with the exercises on his own. And that's something that's kind of given me, like, it makes me feel good. Like, he's emulating what I'm doing. I could see that there's somebody paying attention to what I'm doing and that now what I'm doing is going to have an impact on more than one person, which is just me. No, I think that's a great, that's a really great point. And that's a, a great thing, I think, for you to see in action. Like, seeing your behavior, the influence your behavior has is is a powerful thing, man. So... Thinking about this this journey ahead for you, man, what do you think are going to be your biggest challenges down the road? Um, like you mentioned, the holiday season is just going to be uh, probably a real gut check for me because, um, you know, we it, the Mexican menu for the holidays is just a lot of fatty, overly fatty foods, and it's nonstop. Like, right now there's the tamales are being made as we speak so it's it's um it's gonna be a struggle trying to find a way not necessarily to avoid it because i mean if i'm avoiding it i'm not gonna see my family at all so i need to find a way to get into that mind space within the next few weeks to be able to be around that food and be able to control myself to either not like bring healthy food with me or to have like maybe one tamale instead of the five that i used to eat you know what i mean it's just gonna find a way to balance it and get in that right mindset um i definitely think it's doable um it's just gonna be uh like i said before like kind of weighing the pros versus the cons like yes this is gonna be good for me to i'm gonna feel good eating this now but i'm not gonna feel good in the long run if something happens to me no, I, I think that's a great a, a great way to put it. And I, I think you talked about some things that are important for people to be thinking about. Like if someone out there is listening and they're having that same anxiety about the holidays and knowing, you know, what they're going into. Like I think across our cultures, we all have different food traditions that start to come up during the holidays. And one of the things I, I think that people forget about sometimes is realizing that as much as it's our families making that food and, you know, preparing these feasts and festivals – there are also people that care about us and, and want to see us survive and see us be healthy and thrive. And so it can be good to have some of those discussions with, with people and just kind of make sure you have allies on your side, you know, say, you know, talking to, to parents and family and cousins and not, not just saying you specifically, but anyone out there and saying, look, you know, this meal challenges me. So I just need to know that, you know, you're someone who loves to go around and say, here, try this, here, try this, here, try that. Can, can I ask you not to do that for me this year? Like, can I ask you to respect, you know, if I bring something or I make a different choice, just understand that I'm not doing it to be out of disrespect. I'm doing it out of a place of, of respecting myself and, and the, the things that I'm working on. Absolutely. And yeah, I hadn't even thought about it that way, but um, that is a great perspective to take on it as well. Because like you said, your family wants to see you succeed. And if them skipping, asking you to try something is going to help you succeed and survive, then uh, 100% that's going to be something that they're going to be okay with. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's going to be the hardest struggle for me in this um, new uh, weight loss journey that I'm starting for the millionth time. But I think this is going to be something that I'm going to be able to stick with it this time. 
Um, like I said, the kickboxing is keeping me like I've only been doing it for a week and I already feel different. Like I feel more agile. I feel more like I live on a second floor apartment and I'm able to go up those stairs a lot easier than I was last week. That's awesome. And I think you're right. Like I, those physical routines are a big part of helping us when it comes to food. Like I, I, I deal with that a lot with my clients when, you know, I'm, they're like, well, I'm only doing this amount of activity. You know, I only walk this far. I can only do this. I'm not really burning a significant amount of calories. And I'm like, well, it's not at the end of the day that exercise isn't necessarily about, yeah, calorie burn is great, but it's more about, you know, as human beings, the more routine we can put into place and the more repetition of behavior, the easier the other routines become. So getting that physical routine nailed can really help us when it comes to the routine in the kitchen, you know, when it comes to the food routine, like it's, they support each other. And then you start to see, you know, if I'm eating the food that fuels my body properly, I'm doing better when I'm going to that class and going to that class, I know I need energy and I know I need to eat healthy. Like it it all just starts to fold in on itself. And I, I do want to say one more thing about the holidays that I think people don't think about, you know, before we move too far away from that. And that's because you're going to have those family members that say, I know, you know, I know you're trying to change your health and I know you're trying to lose weight, but it's only one meal. It's only Thanksgiving. It's only one, you know, it's grandma's pie that you're not going to see again soon. Or it's the, you know, the tamales, you know, made by the family. And I think it's one of the things that I've said to people before that I think is powerful is to say, I'm making these choices so that I'm here for Thanksgiving next year and the year after and the year after, you know, I'm at a place where my health is, is something that I know could go downhill very quickly if I don't make these changes. So I hope that you want me here. And if you want me here, I need you to respect that. And it's, I think it's really hard for someone that loves you to hear something like that and then say, no, I still want you to have the pie. You know, I still want you to have this. Like, I, I think that they, they realize that because I don't think anyone ever does that out of like a harm impulse, or, you know, or is trying to sabotage. Like, there's nothing that devious at play. It's just about that idea of celebrating and wanting to make sure that everyone feels included in the celebration. And sometimes we have to have those real talks with people just so they can understand where we're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you said, I don't think there's ever really anybody that's out to harm you. It's more so trying to include you and having that conversation is crucial to like, make sure a nobody's offended and B that your, your, journey right uh, whatever you're doing is being respected as well for sure man and so jose 525 pounds today let let's talk about your goals like have you thought at all about kind of where you want to be or what kind of Uh, movement you want to be able to do like take us into that like what are what are the things that you're working towards well right now my first goal is to get under 500 pounds um i think the closest the closest i've been to under 500 pounds was like three years ago when I had to fly to Mexico for my friend's wedding and I was trying so hard to lose weight so that I wouldn't have to buy the double seats. I ended up having to do it anyways, but the lowest I got was 507. So that's something that I want to be able to beat this time around. Um, I want to be able to get under 500 pounds by before 2021. And I think 25 pounds in two months when you're, 500 pounds this should be an easy easy thing to do and then um i want to get back my major goal is to get back down to my playing weight when i was playing football i was 350 but i was a lot more muscular so i think getting down to that weight and seeing how i feel there um 
obviously I'm going to have to lose more weight than that. But I think getting there and deciding how much smaller I want to get would be a good move. After oh, yeah. That. And I think it's good to have goals like that. Like, it doesn't have to be all about one big number being chased, like setting a final destination. Like, I, I think something that's really important that we we all kind of get trapped sometimes in this idea of seeing what other people set as their, you know, their goal weight, their ideal weight. And we want to set that for ourselves. But I, I think you're smart in that it's like, okay, I want to get to here and see how I'm doing. I want to get to here and see how I'm moving and how I'm feeling. Like, what are some of the, the non-scale victories or goals that you're looking forward to? Things that you either can't do right now or can't, you know, fit into right now or that you want to be able to do that are going to be some of those motivators for you? Um, Honestly, my it's going to sound funny, but my ultimate non-scale goal is to be able to fit a soccer jersey. I'm a massive soccer fan. And um, my favorite team is Chivas in Mexico. And I have like four Chivas jerseys that I've had for like close to 10 years that I've never worn. They're just hanging in my closet. And I want to be able to wear them one day. I bought them as gold shirts and I just haven't been able to wear them. No, I think that sounds awesome. I think that's a great goal. I I very much when I started my weight loss journey, this, this leg around, like you said, the millionth time, um, I had gold shirts that, you know, for me it was – there's there's a brand that I like a lot, um, Matt Vincent's Hate Brand, and they the highest size they made was a 3x, and there was no way on earth, you know, being in a, a six and seven x when I started, there was you know I was far from being able to get those shirts on, especially them being a little more athletic cut, and the first time I could put one of those on was a huge, you know, non-scale victory for me that I don't think I I think I could if I posted to some people, you know, I fit into a 3x today. You know, there's some people who would be horrified because they're horrified that they're fitting into an XL or a double XL. But for me, that was an amazing place to get to. So I think having motivators like that, especially when the scale is not co cooperating properly and you know you've got other things you're working towards being able to do, that can be a, a great part of a long-term journey because you know you're not going to lose all the weight in six months. Like it's going to be something that you're working on for the rest of your life in a lot of ways. So having different different benchmarks along the way have big-term goals, but have some of those short-term goals as well are great motivators. Absolutely. So, yeah, I have those jerseys, and I have, like, two other bags in the storage unit full of 3X shirts that I want to be able to wear one day. And so that's – I want to make sure that investment doesn't go to waste, and I want to be able to actually wear those shirts and that clothes. But um, that's right now one of my biggest things. And then I just want to be able to run, bro. I want to be able to hike – um, I did a video on my YouTube channel uh, a couple years ago where there's a uh, up here in Northern California, there's a place called Mission Peak. It's a very famous uh, hiking spot. I did it. It took me five hours. I want to be able to do it again and do it in a, like a normal fit human being time. Like I had the person I did that video with, she said she usually does it in an hour and a half up and down. And it took me five hours just to get up. So that's something that I want to be able to do and, you know, in a respectable time. I think that sounds awesome, man. And and I think keeping those things in focus is going to be a great help for you as you move, you move really deep into this journey. I, I can't wait to see that happen for you. So I hope that you'll get those videos going again. You'll get your channel revived and, and get, you know, take us all along with you. Yeah, I'm working on it and I'm, my kid is not going to let me not do it. Like, uh, I have a, I'm working from home now, so uh, I have a desk here. He keeps putting all my, my YouTube camera, my tripod, everything's right here on my desk. He's like, don't forget, you got to start recording. 
So there's going to be some videos coming out soon. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just, I'm going to try to stay as consistent as possible with it this time around. Like I have, is more than just me this time, like I said. So I want to make sure that I'm being a good example for my kid, being a good example for my uh, my future kids and, you know, just sticking around longer. And, and Jose, thinking about someone out there who's listening, who's who's in your shoes right now, but hasn't really gotten their plan into place, like, what do you want to say to that person who also is, is just getting started right now? Like, what do you think is, is the biggest message they should take away from hearing your story today? Um, I think the biggest message is don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid to step into a gym. Like, you look at me, 500 pounds, walking into a kickboxing gym, people are going to think, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm just, you just do it. Like, if it's something that you want to do and you want to be consistent and you want to be fully committed to it, just step to it and uh, set yourself up properly. Like, before I even stepped into the kickboxing gym, I made sure my nutrition was right. So I started meal prepping and then I'm like, all right, so I've been able to do this for a week. Now let's go find a gym. And it's kind of prepare and do if that makes sense so like write it out plan it and then do it and stick to it don't just let it die on that note on that piece of paper so i literally sat down like all right i want to be able to meal prep and do it consistently now i want to find a gym now i want to go to this gym three to four times a week so that's that's where i've been how i've been approaching it i i think that's fantastic advice man and of course, we've got an airplane going on. I, I live kind of right in a corridor. And apparently, as I'm talking, they've decided to fly a plane right over our house. Um, <laughs> so I hope that's not disrupting people too much here in that for a second. But I, there's, there's another question in there, man, that I, I think is important. Because one of the things you know, you've talked about is, is starting and stopping. And so what I'm curious about, from your perspective, you know, if, if I'm a friend or a family member or even even me as someone connected to you on social media who sees, you know, that your posts start to, to, to slow off or, you know, you're starting to go to that place of, of not moving, you know, moving forward anymore. Like, what do you think is what is what does that person need to hear or what do you need to hear from yourself right now that you want to record that you can go back and listen to to help you realize that you need to stay on track? Um, I think the most powerful message is don't forget why you're doing this, whether you're like losing weight, whether you're in school, whether you're doing a bit, starting a business, it's don't forget your why and make sure you, and like, before you ever start and like identify why you're doing this and why you're going to make this like a lifestyle change and why you're going to take that step and bet on yourself to be able to do it. I think that makes a lot of sense, man. And that sounds really good. So Jose, I, I just really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Like, is there what else did you want to be able to have the audience hear from you that you haven't had a chance to talk about yet? Um, I mean, we're all out. Everybody, we're out struggling, especially right now in the times of COVID. Um, don't forget, reach out, check on your friends that you haven't heard of from a while. Um. Like I said, we're all struggling. We all need that one person to reach out or whether you need that person. Um, it's just check on your friends, check on your family, make sure we're all doing well, especially right now with the uh, the state of the country and the election and everything. I know there's a lot of people struggling with anxiety and depression and whatnot. 
Oh, for sure. We're, and we're actually recording this on election day. So I'm sure that's something, you know, when this goes up in a, in a couple of days, people will still have on their minds. So that, I think that's some, a great perspective to have. Yeah. So, Jose, if people do want to connect with you and they want to check and see if that YouTube channel is going, but they also want to find you on social media, where do they find you, man? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at BigDiaz79. And then my YouTube channel, I'm going to try to have a video up there by the end of the week, is Big Diaz to Slim Diaz. Awesome. So D-I-A-Z, the number two, and then Slim Diaz. And I'll make sure that we have links to that in the show notes um, so that people can find you, man. I think that'll be great. And give you, you know, give allow you to give to them and also them to give a little bit back to you as well in terms of that support and accountability. So, Jose, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for them? Okay, so, Jose, question number one. Tell us, Jose, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Um, right now, it's Ethan Suplee. I'm a big fan. I've always been a fan of his, but now seeing his weight loss just has been another motivating factor for me. There you go. I like it. He's he's done some amazing things. And I love that even though he's at the point he's at in his journey, he's always looking for more knowledge and bringing resources forward and is always willing to explore different perspectives. I think that's something he does great. Yeah. Question number two, Jose. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Um that the world is made for small people <laughs> all the seats are small and yeah everything you got to really think about where what you're doing and how you're gonna approach things if you're fat well for sure and especially you know those of us that were in that that 500 pound that 600 pound range like those are th- that's a lesson you learn very very quickly going into a new space and so that's that's a good one man Question number three, Jose, what is one thing that someone who's out there who hasn't gotten started on their journey can do today to get themselves going? Um, go out for a walk. Literally just walk around your block or go to a park. Um, any movement is better than no movement. For sure. Question number four, Jose, what is something about yourself that you love? Um, I mean, I love my... My versatility, to be honest with you, um, like I've done a bunch of different jobs. Like I was a radio host. I'm a coach. I used to be a chef. Um, I work for a nonprofit reading organization right now. I think I'm just a jack of all trades. So I think being able to be that versatile has been something that's been good for me in life. Awesome. And Jose, one last question for you today. Number five, tell us, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Um, health, fitness, or weight loss related. I mean, I want to get married. Uh, we, our plan is to get married in March. So at this point right now, I'm just trying to save up enough money to be able to pay for that wedding. And I'm trying to buy a house too. So hopefully with the 2021 will be the year I get married and buy a house. Hopefully. I love it, man. I think those are, those are some great goals to have. And, and you're doing a lot of work to make sure that you, you're around to see all of that happen. So I'm just really excited for you, my friend. Definitely. And Jose, I just want to say a big thank you again for being willing to come on and, and share your journey and the, the beginning of it with everyone. And I just really, you know, I, I see great things happening for you, man. Awesome. Thank you for having me, bro. I really appreciate it. And like, this is the first podcast I've ever done. So um, I've been nervous all week, but I'm excited for it as well. Awesome. Awesome. So everyone, like I said, 
Jose's information will be in the show notes if you want to connect with him. If you want to find me, although it's a little challenging these days on Instagram, you can find me at my new account at Gourmet Goes Keto, no underscores, just Gourmet Goes Keto. You can also find me on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. Or if you are interested in one-on-one coaching from a holistic ketogenic nutrition approach, working on mindset and goals, and helping you make the change that you need, you can go to theketoroad.com slash coach-mike. And now through the end of the year, as you probably heard at the beginning of the show, we are running a 10% off sale on all of our services. And that's going to be there for the next you know month or two. So if you're heading into those holidays and realize you need some support, or you want to get signed up and get ready to go once we come through the holidays, we are here for you. So thank you again, everyone. Episode 101, here we go for the next 100. Go out there today, do something to amaze yourself, because as always, you are the most amazing people I know. And then come on back and catch us again on the Fat Guy Forum. 